This podcast is brought to you by Kingdom at Work. Check out their interactive workshops, events, leadership coaching blog, and more at www.kingdomatwork.com or follow them on all major social media platforms. Kingdomatwork.com. Hey, thanks for tuning into I Work For Him as we broadcast you from Tampa Bay, but out and across the Fruited Plain on so many different ways. However you're listening to us today, just know you're listening to us in front of a live studio audience. That's a rare, a rare privilege of broadcasting in front of an audience. It's fantastic. We have some unbelievable people here today that have some phenomenal stories to share. And all because of one listener who reached out and said, Jim, I've been listening. Some of the things you say make sense. Some of them, not so sure. But I wrote this book, People Have Problems. I like to say they have issues, but people have problems and I can do something about it. And so we are going to hear from this guest in just a second. But before we do it, Martha, how can people engage with us now that we've gotten into November? How can people engage with I Work For Him online and help us just launch into 2019? Well, Jim, our website is iworkforhim.com. That's iwork, the number four, him.com. And there we have a donate button. And, you know, as people are thinking about the end of the year, it is the time of year where people are um, wanting to make an impact and wanting to make a difference. And um, we would just ask that people consider the possibility of being able to allow more and more people to hear that their work matters to God and that what they do is their calling and that they do it with excellence. And those are the things we talk about every day. And we really are just asking our listeners to come alongside of us and help us to grow in 2019. So check us out online, iworkforhim.com. That's iwork, the number four, him.com. Help us help thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions of people across the country to recognize that their workplace, it's their mission field. And in that mission field, you and me, we may be the only Jesus our coworkers, our employees may ever meet. The job that you hold, the work that you do, the people that you work with, The people that you work with need to meet Jesus. You may be their only chance. Yeah, I screwed that up. Usually I say, hey, none of that is by chance. The people that you work with need to meet Jesus, and that's your only chance. It's just so important. So many, I'm talking hundreds of thousands of Christ followers across the country don't realize how important their work is. Hey, but here's the deal, though. People, they have problems. It seems some people have an overabundance of problems, and the rest of us are fair share of problems. But what can we do about it? Local St. Pete, Florida youth pastor Ron Hullett and his wife Cindy have been working with teens for 30 four years. Can't believe it because they both look 15 or 20, but they've been working with them for 34 years. Talk about people with problems. Teenagers come with a laundry list of problems and issues. I've had a few. I understand. And most of the time when teenagers have problems, they can't even define the problems that they have. That's not criticism. That's just a reality of what it means to be a teen. Martha and I volunteered in youth ministry for over 20 years, and we've raised three teens. We know Ron Hullett takes a different stance. He wrote a book, People Have Problems, and I can do something about it. Ron Hullett, Cindy Hullett, welcome to I Work For Him. Thank you. Thanks Thank for you. having us. We're excited to have you guys here today, and we want to hear, we always, we, as we do with every first-time guest, and you're a listener, Ron. Cindy, do you get to listen to, or is it just Ron? I am a teacher, so 3 o'clock is just not a good time for me. <laughs> <laughs> Just for the record, we are on at 3, 4, 5, 6, uh, 10, 11, and 1, all streaming off of iWorkForHim.com. You can always listen to us, so uh, we, you can catch us at many different times, just different stations, but all off of iWorkForHim.com. Okay, Ron, you get the extra gold star and the smiley face today, but Cindy gets to go first. Cindy, we always ask this question of every first-time guest. How did you become a Jesus follower? 
Well, my parents had me in church like within six weeks of being born, and they took me regularly to Sunday school, Wednesday night visitation. And um, it became real to me one time on the way to like an old-timey revival. We saw a car accident. It happened right in front of us, and I was about eight years old. And that really got me thinking about where would I go if I died? And I talked to my mom before the service, and during the service, I gave my life to Christ. I went forward, prayed with the pastor, and gave my life to Christ. So you're a teacher today. Yes. What, what are you teaching? I teach third grade. In a school here locally? Uh, St. Pete Christian School. Very cool. Oh, that's right. I knew that. We had that conversation. That's right. Okay. I spent quite a bit of time at St. Pete Christian on one of my last sales jobs. I had a lot of fun. What a great school. And they built that brand new building. Very, very cool. Okay. Thank you, Cindy. Appreciate that. Okay. Ron, your youth pastor, do you have as neat and clean of a background as your beautiful bride? How did you come to be a follower of Jesus? Oh, no. My mom also <laughs> raised me in church uh, as so a teenager. So you had a drug problem as well. I she did. drug you to church. Boy, she did. And uh, literally the other as well in my teen years i walked away it's from okay it if the crowd uh, booze with those bad jokes. <laughs> as a teenager but uh, you talk different than cindy so i'm guessing you're not from the same place she's from originally about 90 miles east of her uh, really east texas tyler texas yes wow okay yeah um having a mom who prayed for me and a sister who invited me to play softball for a, a boys church softball team and thinking that uh, I was a bad dude I would go show them what it was all about not knowing they were the Texas state champions the best boys softball team in the entire state uh, these guys uh, befriended me usually in the church were pretty good at being friendly not so good at befriending they befriended me uh, they caused me to want to be there and of course the things that I begin to hear I begin to question uh, hearing God loves me hearing sermons about heaven and about hell and it scared me I went home and asked my mom am, am I saved mom am I going to heaven okay red flag if you have to ask someone else if you're saved you're not probably not yeah I wrestled it's a good with indicator called the pastor and uh, he walked me through the uh, what we would call the Romans road to salvation sharing scripture with me of how to become a christian and uh, long story short i i realized that uh i i didn't have to worry about this i knew exactly what to do i went into my bedroom and propped my elbows up on that bed where i have taken these guys and shown them that hallowed ground where i confessed to god that i was a sinner and invited him into my life gave him control of my life and in that spot i can remember i don't remember the exact date it was august of 1980 but i know exactly where i was the moment that happened hmm very cool. Now, you brought with you one of your youth sponsors, Richard Ali. Richard, welcome to I Work For Him. Thank you. Why don't you tell us, Richard, as you, we'll get to hear some of your work story in the future, but why don't you tell us, how did you come to be a Jesus follower? Well, I grew up as a, in a Christian home. My dad was a pastor. My grandfather was a pastor. So I grew up as a preacher's kid. So you had no choice. I had no choice. Okay. I you was also going had no a drug problem what. as a kid. You were drugged to church many times a day. Drugged a week. to church. Yeah. Um, but about the age 10, and I knew all the, the correct answers to give, okay, growing up in church like that. But about age 10, uh, I was in Sunday school, and I can remember the, the, the guy's name who was my Sunday school teacher. I can take you to the exact location if the house was still standing there um, and so forth. It was that vivid in my mind. But we were doing a study in Revelation, and uh, it just kind of scared me a little bit um, knowing what was going to happen after the rapture. So that Sunday morning, I asked uh, my Sunday school teacher, his name was Richard Saladin, and uh, I asked him, I said, I, I don't think I'm saved. And we knelt down right there in the Sunday school classroom 
which happened to be in the basement of the parsonage that we lived in. And uh, then that morning I went over to church, and when my dad gave the invitation, I was, I went down and told my dad, I said, hey, I got saved today. And that was in November of 1975. Hmm. That's fantastic. Now, Ron, you are the youth pastor at Liberty Baptist Church in St. Pete. People can check it out online, libertybaptistchurch.net. You sent me a a note, which is why we're on the air together today. I I just, I've never heard from a pastor that said, Jim, I've been listening to you. That's not true. I've got, I've heard from a few, but your, your story intrigued me because you wrote a book about life, but just talk about why are you here today? Well, because of listening to your show, uh, I, I, it gets me excited to hear that statement. When I think of waking up in the morning and saying, I work for him. And to hear you interview so many men and women across the country that really believe that, that their work is for him, that they own their companies, uh, they see their employees uh, as people that they can have an impact with uh, and on. And and to have that, that mindset is everything that Jesus wants us to be. Hmm. And as a youth pastor, you're impacted for 34 years. How many kids have you have you been able to be an influence over in 34 years? I would hope a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Obviously, not all of them, because there's some that just won't listen. I get that. Cindy, what do you have any idea? I mean, give me an estimate. How many how many kids you think you guys have touched the lives of over the years? Five hundred. That's amazing. 500 kids who are now across the globe. You know, we've, got a, we've got a room full of people today, Martha, and it's exciting. Uh, you know, we've got somebody actually listens to the show, was willing to admit it, and brought people with them. You know, why don't you talk I would to... I hope there's people that listen to the show, but we're nice No, I said, actually, I said people nice listen to the show actually... and willing to admit it is what I said. <laughs> yes. So, you know, one of the things I thought actually was very gracious was when you were um, asking... Ron, why he sent in his book and sent, or sent you the email and stuff. I'm, I was thinking that maybe he just thought we needed to read the book. People have problems and I can do something about it. So I was glad you actually wanted to share it with our listeners. So we are so thankful to have you here today and to have some of the people with you that um, have have been a part of what you've been doing. I'd and like I won't to, steal like the to, thunder. I'd Don't like worry. to quote Ron right here. He sent me this really nice note and said, the concept of recognizing that we work for him all day, every day, absolutely resonates with me. I just love hearing that. I've heard so many things on your show that I've repeated to high school teens in our youth ministry. See, that's, that is cool. Now, that's cool. People are quoting what goes on here, and hopefully everything we've said is from God, so we'll be okay on that one. Ron, you've been doing youth ministry for 34 years, which is a workplace. It is a battlefield workplace, though. It's not, you know, it, it's a spiritual battlefield. There is... There is nothing more tumultuous than middle school and high school. I would say middle school, I thought, was for me a little more tumultuous than high school. But what drew you to be, what drew you to the youth ministry? Did you ever have dreams of anything else? It's a calling. Uh, I had no intentions of even going to college right out of high school. I was a welder for three years. Uh, And God stirred my heart as I shared earlier how I was impacted by those teenagers who genuinely befriended me, were, were beyond just friendly. Uh, and God began to truly stir my heart. I ran from it for about a year. Uh, and at one of the, what we would call old fashioned youth rally, uh, I surrendered, uh, my life to Christ to do whatever he wanted me to do. 
because one of those boys from the softball team did the same thing and i realized i wasn't alone i was a mama's boy i didn't want to be away from home and we uh went off to bible college in missouri together uh and began to study and train after four years there became a youth pastor uh, in the dallas area then uh after eight years 12 years in springfield missouri and i've been here 14 years uh and and it is a calling uh, i love it i know it's strange a 59 year old man working with teenagers but uh i i love it you're not alone and you're not the oldest oldest youth pastor in no. pinellas county either there's gary hunt he's you know older than you and he wears converse shorts uh, converse <laughs> and shorts so you know he's he's older than you and he's hipper he's got he's got he, he he wears converse and he never wears socks so but 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 when it's a calling it doesn't matter how old you are i mean i've met some amazing people you look at um why well, i can't think of his name who's still uh he spoke to us when we were 13 in uh Seattle, Martha, uh, Josh McDowell. Josh McDowell was speaking yes. to teenagers yeah. when I was a teenager and yeah. is still going today in his late 70s. Mm-hmm. So when it's a calling, it's a calling. What does it matter how old you are? Absolutely. Okay. You brought a couple of young men with you today, um, and you brought uh, a young lady. We're going to talk to in a little bit. Why did you bring these two guys, and then we'll hear from them? Because these guys live what you're all about. Uh, they were high school students for four years in our youth ministry together. They trained with us uh, and traveled with our, our Breaking Point Taekwondo team. Uh, but we had oh, so Breaking to, Point is actually breaking things. We're breaking things. Okay, sharing Christ using martial arts to share the gospel. Uh, but these guys were all about reaching their campus for Christ, uh, so much so that we had to send a bus out to Seminole every week to bring in the teenagers uh, that they would have gathered at Noah's home uh, on Wednesday evenings. That's unbelievable. Okay, so we got Noah Schmidt here, and we got Darian Conley. Darian, Noah, welcome to I Work For Him. Thank, Thank you. you. All right, Darian, you first. Talk to me about how did you become a Jesus follower? Wow, well, I grew up in a home where we believed in Bible, but it was never really taught. So, um, you know, I didn't have a great, strong biblical foundation, and um, I didn't have a lot of positive male role models. So I just kind of let the world, you know, just do what I want. But when I got into middle school, Noah invited me to church and just listening and going So you guys there. are friend in middle, friends in middle school? Yeah, okay. back All in right. middle school. Yeah, I got in middle school. Um, he invited me to church. I was going, and I remember um, just feeling that conviction after going for about a year and just nailing down and asking God just to come into my life um, in August 2014, you know, just— just realized I couldn't live my life without him anymore. Wow, that's fantastic. I love that. And Noah, that's it was your story that influenced Darian and many others. Noah, how did you, Noah Schmidt, how did you become a Jesus follower yourself? Um, pretty much my whole life, I was raised in church. And so you had a drug problem as well. You I were did, drugged I to did, church I, as a kid. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, it's pretty bad. Um, but growing up, I heard about heaven and hell. Um, and just hearing about that, you know, and about what Jesus did for us. When I was eight years old, um, I was sitting in my room one night, and growing up, like in my family, we have a lot of cancer, and a lot of people have died. And at a young age, I was subjected to death um, from different family members and stuff. So it was really real to me at that age. And I was thinking in my room one night, um, what if I go to school next the next morning and then get in a car accident and die and go to hell because I I didn't trust Jesus, my personal Savior. So. Um, I got my dad from downstairs. He was watching TV, and uh, he brought me upstairs in his room, and he showed me in the Bible um, how to become a Christian. And that night, confessed with my mouth, and I believed in my heart, and I trusted God as my personal Savior. How old were you then? I was eight years old. Eight years old. That's fantastic. Okay, so, but being eight is one thing, being a Jesus follower. But going (laughs) into middle school, 
as a sixth, seventh, and eighth grader and being a Jesus follower is another thing. Yes. How did you, it, it seems like based on your reputation, because your youth pastor is talking about it and your friend Darian's talking about it, how did you keep growing in your faith? How did you take that and take a stand as a sixth grader going into middle school? So, um, you know, as you know, you, you're, you accept Christ and you live your life. And I was, when I got into middle school, I guess I really wasn't taking my walk seriously with Christ. Um, and sort of actually in a weird way, um, I just, I just invited people to church cause it was fun. Um, in the, in the beginning, that's why I invited Darian. Church was fun or inviting people was fun. Oh, inviting people, bringing people and also having friends you could go to church with, play games, whatever. Um, but you know, in eighth grade, another person in my family died, my grandpa, and I was extremely close to my grandfather. Um, and his death really affected me. And it, it made me realize, you know, life is short and I, I don't want to waste my time anymore. I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to live a life where I'm in my thirties and I'm looking back and I'm like, wow, I wasted so much time. Um, so I started taking my walk with Christ seriously then and, uh, started living out my faith. So, also, like having Darian come and try and pour it into a Christian, into a a person who might accept Christ, because I didn't know if he was going to at that point. Um, I had to start living my life right, and then I got in the Word and started praying and stuff at that age. So, Darian, so you were how old when you gave your life to Christ? Um, about fifteen. Okay, so fifteen years old. You watched Noah for a long time, then. Yeah, just about a, yeah two years. Okay, so what was it about Noah's life? Because you know, here's why I'm asking this question. As Christ followers, our lives are supposed to be a shining light to those around us. I mean, we're supposed to be an example to those around us, no matter what age we are. What was it about Noah that you said, hmm, his faith is real. I see it in action. I want to be, I want to follow Jesus like he does. What was it about his life? Well, he didn't make it a big deal. You know, I grew up thinking about Christianity as a bunch of rules, you know, that you follow. And the way he lived his life and lived it so naturally, like, you know, he didn't really try too hard. You know, it's just something that was a part of him. It wasn't something that he was a Christian one day at church and then, you know, someone else another place. You know, he just lived it and he made it very practical to me. And, and to understand that love relationship between Jesus Christ that he shared and his family conveyed too, it was amazing. So I want to bring into that then what was so appealing about you both going to church? Because for a lot of kids, you know, that wouldn't even be um, something that you would want to spend your time doing. So what was it about what was happening at uh, Liberty Baptist that drew you in? Um, there's just a huge family aspect there. Um, and there's a lot of people who pour into the younger generation there, um, grow, like into like the kids in the middle school and especially the high school. Um, and they make it really like it's a really effective ministry where that they they allow you know, time where we can have social aspect fellowship and also they bring the word straight from the Bible. So it was really challenging. They they showed how to, for us to like to use the Bible practically. So it was cool. Ron, you have been feeding into teens for 34 years as a youth pastor at Liberty Baptist Church there in St. Pete, which people can find online, libertybaptistchurch.net, another free plug right here. And I work for him, but it's a church that loves teenagers. And that's a phenomenal thing. Ron, what is it about feeding into teens that you love so much? Watching the change, this, <laughs> having having young men, young ladies with me that uh, are continuing to uh, do what we've taught them from, from the Word of God. You know, oftentimes it's said that you don't judge the youth ministry by looking at it right now, but look at the lives of those kids in five years, and here they are uh, continuing to do it. It's such a blessing. There are students all over the country, literally all over the world, that uh, – 
uh, I've, got, I've been able to bring back young men that were my kids in youth ministry that have been my camp speakers. Uh, and that's a real blessing. It's amazing. Martha and I got to hear one of the gentlemen that was in our youth group 20 years ago. He's now a preacher in West Texas. And we got to slide by West Texas on one of our road trips earlier this year and hear him preach. That was a riot because I knew him as a seventh grader. It's really hard to look at him as a seventh grader. Now he's 37 years old preaching. We're like, wow, there's a difference in life. As we bring to you a youth pastor, his incredible wife, one of his youth sponsors, and three kids that have been part of the youth ministry. We got Ron Hullett in here. Ron, you wrote this book. We're going to talk about your book for a minute because we've been talking about other things. You wrote this book, People Have Problems, and I Can Do Something About It. It would have been funny if you just stopped right there. People have problems, and I can do something about it. We do live in Florida. Uh, all right, so people have problems, and I can do something about it. And it's not you're not talking about driving because we know that that's probably not fixable here in Florida. Mm. What, why'd you write this book? God had been working on me uh, with this whole topic uh, of how that he's designed us to help others uh, the, the importance of it when he talks about the the two greatest commandments in all of the law loving god with all of our heart soul and mind and love your neighbor as yourself in our youth ministry we have those two uh, commandments on gears loving him loving others they're on gears because that's the way he describes them if the both that's what gears, life is supposed to be all about if you're following jesus and if, if both gears aren't turning uh, or if, if one of them not then neither of them are i had a problem at one of our theme parks and uh, had had uh, uh, gone into guest services to let them know about my problem. Okay, um, to preface this, if I could back up for just a moment, that that uh, if if you were to ask someone if they'd have ever had a problem that God has helped them with, most people would say absolutely, and ask why do you think God does that? Most of them will answer because He loves us. He very clearly tells us in Second Corinthians chapter one, uh, verses two and three that the reason God helps us with our problems is that we would help others with the same help that we've been given, that people have problems. But I think he does love us. Well, he does, okay, by, you, for uh, sure. You, he does. Uh, well, no, yeah, that would be, okay. He does love us. He does love us, and that, and that is connected, but he tells us. That he, and he doesn't say that he would withhold his help if we don't help others, but he does say in that scripture that he wants us to help others with the help that we've been given, not just keep it to ourselves. As I went into this office to talk to guest services this young lady jenny who i wrote about in the book takes care of our problem and it's where the the title of the book came from as we uh closed out she gave us a ticket to go back and ride this ride go straight to the front of the line don't wait in line uh, just just catered to us and we thank you thank you so much jenny it's not what we were looking for we just wanted you to know that we had the problem wanted you, you know because i really love this place and i wanted you to you know make sure that it doesn't happen to anyone else and she said, that's why I'm in guest services. Well, okay, People so the experience problems. was phenomenal. Yes. And we'll just plug them. Which, which one was it? It, uh, it was Disney. Okay, okay. Well, it's okay to say nice things <laughs> about Disney. Disney. Okay, they did a great job. They, I mean, and they, they claim to be the greatest place on earth. I mean, it's supposed it's to be incredible. Happiest place on earth. Happiest place on earth. Well, my, one of my son-in-law said at that, that time, man. He thought he was there the day Disney died because it broke my heart when I had this problem. But Jenny revived. Uh, and she had the paddles. She oh, had the paddles. Man, it was great. All right. You brought two gentlemen with you today. We got Darian Conley and we got Noah Schmidt. These guys were in your youth group for how many years? Four years. Four years. Okay. So you only get the high schoolers. So you don't deal with the middle schoolers? Right. You don't no. have a tolerance for sixth, seventh, and eighth graders or what? <laughs> It's a it's a whole it's a whole different crowd. That's I understand. I taught also. seventh and eighth grade math. <laughs> I taught seventh and eighth grade math after doing twenty years of youth ministry. Teaching was very different than being a youth sponsor. 
for sure. Okay. And and seventh and eighth graders are different than ninth, tenth, eleventh, and twelfth graders. Just different. I can't wait for Patty to be a high school student. That's right. Okay. So, <laughs> Martha, did you want me to go? Okay. We want to call for the book. Okay. So, you want to give away a copy of the book. People sure. have problems, and I can do something about it. Ron Hullett wrote this book. If you'd like to get a copy of this book, it's just full of incredible stories and just his heart about, hey, people have problems, and you and I can do something about it. 866-713-9675. 866-713-9675. Call and get a copy of the book. Leave us a message on the I Work For Him listener line, 866-713-WORK. And Martha will call you back, and we'll get the address out to Ron so we can send the book to you. All right, you got, we got Darian and Noah. You guys have graduated now, and you're at Word of Life Bible Institute in Hudson, Florida, right, Darian? Yes. Okay, so why? Why are you there versus going out to a four-year college? Um, it's simple. God called me there. Oh, what does that mean? So like, you dial, I mean, you got on the iPhone. Is that a FaceTime call? What, what was it? Uh, it's crazy. Uh, we, me, long story short, me and Noah went up and toured the school when we weren't supposed to be there, and they welcomed and catered to us. And um, while we were there, there was a missions conference, and the entire aspect of the missions conference was about getting out of your comfort zone, getting out of your circle, because when you're out of your circle, that's where God is. You can't rely on yourself when you're outside of that. And me thinking I was already going to go to a different school. I was kind of reluctant to go, but I still went anyways. And hearing what God was doing, and I felt God convict me to be here. And he's like, I want you here. And I'm having this inner battle, like, you know, God, like, I hear you, but I really want to go and do this. But God's like, I really want you here. And I'm like, I know, but I really want to do what I want to do. And he's like, I really want you here. And I'm like, okay. This is like I'll a text look. conversation, yeah, right? Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> right? And exactly. I, you know, and just after that, you know, just having that inner battle of what God wants me to do, um, a few weeks later, I submitted because after coming back from touring the school, every single, just about every single message I sat in that church and in youth group was about stepping out of your comfort zone and doing and doing what God tells you to do. And it's like, okay, God, I hear you. And so um, after that, I committed to going to the school. And not only after that, God confirmed that by when I talked to admissions, not only do they want to hear how I'm doing and tell me what the stuff I need to get into my paperwork, they prayed for me and they didn't ask to pray for me. Like, is there anything I can pray for you about? And they didn't hang up the phone. It's like, okay, let's pray right now. And they prayed over the phone with me. And that really had a great impact on my life. Now, what I love about Word of Life Bible Institute, Noah Schmidt, is that you can go there, get a one-year degree or two-year degree. The first year is New Testament, second year is Old Testament, right? Is that what the deal we is? We do. Um, we actually split them by semesters now. Oh, because it used to be the first year was one, the second year was okay. Yeah, so the second split. year is like only for like ministry, like if you're going to go into like a youth pastor or oh, something like that. They have stuff see, like that. You have to help them with that kind of language because everybody's going into ministry, aren't they, Noah? <laughs> yes, sir. That's right, we are, right, Ron? <laughs> That's right. Sir, That's absolutely. right. So we got to help them with that language. I mean, I understand what you're saying. If they're going to go into a, a, a pulpit ministry yes, or sir. overseas ministry, but are the things they're teaching in those second, that second year not applicable out there in business? Do you know? You don't know yet because well, you're not in the second year. I'm not year. there yet. But... All right. Well, you have to you have to talk challenge about this. I was on a radio show, <laughs> and and they challenged me that you know we're all going into ministry because we are everywhere <laughs> we right. go. Our Absolutely. work, our workplace, no matter what it is. What I love about Word of Life is that they're preparing you, no matter what your job ends up being. They're preparing you to be a missionary in your workplace, aren't they? Amen. Absolutely. They uh, they definitely equipped you. Um, just having like a a a very good understanding of the Bible as much as you could in a year. We go through it like three times in one year. So that's all. That's awesome. That's all <laughs> okay, but so you're, so you're in. This is your first year, right? So yes, sir. You, so it's been three months already. What's the biggest takeaway uh, of when you look at your faith and how it applies to your workplace? What's your biggest takeaway so far? Um, I think being intentional, um, especially in conversation, 
encouraging people, stepping out of your comfort zone. You can get, like, in a huge Christian environment like that, sometimes you can get really comfortable in your faith. Um, and just because I'm at a Christian college doesn't mean everybody feels like they should be there. Um, mm. And it's it's good to show them what you're learning in your quiet time. We do a quiet time every morning where we get in the Word and we pray. And it's great to encourage each other and show each other what God's doing in each other's lives. So it's it's honestly a great environment to deepen your faith. That's so live with intentionality, but also live in with authenticity. I mean, true authenticity. As you, as you look at Darian, your first three months, what's your biggest takeaway as you look at the, the rest of your life? What is, what is something you've learned that you know that you can apply no matter what your workplace can be? I'm um, just learning how to study God's word and apply it to other people and have and develop a true care for other people and see people how God sees people because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. God truly cares for everyone and loves everyone. And so if I can just take away from that and use that and apply it in my life to help everyone else the way I can. It's, well, it's so great. often it's so easy for us to judge others because they sin differently than us. Amen. You know, Amen. and, and even though, and you know, a lot of us grew up in that whole ranking says, well, certain sins are really bad and there's some that just aren't so bad, but in God's word, it says all have sinned and fallen short of being in his presence. So it doesn't matter what our sins are. So learning to love people regardless of what their sin life is, is an Art, isn't it, Ron? Hullet, as you are dealing with teenagers, there are days that sometimes teenagers just aren't very lovable. Isn't that true? Sure. Yeah, can, can I interject that, that when they went up you there can, and they you came are. back? Uh, <laughs> I am. <laughs> when they came back uh, from visiting the campus that weekend, they were absolutely giddy that there were so many kids on campus that had absolutely no idea what God wanted for their life. They were all there studying, and the way that they shared, that other kids shared with them, I have no idea what God wants me here for. I don't know what he's going to do with my life. And they were excited about that. They didn't know. They have no idea where they're going to be working. And just him. just so you guys all know, you can be 52 and be in a different stage in your life and be asking that same question, Lord, what's next? I don't know what those next steps are. That is still a reality. But when you're walking by faith, he just said he's going to be a lamp into our feet and a light into our path. But that lamp was 3,500 years ago. They were really small lamps. It wasn't an LED million candle watt. <laughs> Noah, you brought your sister with you today, Patty. Why don't you introduce her? Uh, well, you were supposed to introduce her. Okay, so Patty, didn't, okay, this is Noah's <laughs> this sister, is Patty. Patty. Thank you. Wow. Great job, Noah. All right, Patty, you're you're in middle school. Yes. Ah, oh, it's fantastic. I love that. What? How did you become a Jesus follower? Um, so I grew up in Liberty Baptist Church as well, and when I was about seven years old, um, I was in Awanas one night, and they were doing those little like cards with the pictures and everything, and they were pretty much teaching us like all about the gospel and everything, and. They were talking about heaven and hell, and that scared me. Like, I want to go to heaven, and I knew, like, yeah. <laughs> um, that night, I went home and talked to my dad, and he showed me what it says in the Bible, and we prayed together, and I received Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. Mm-hmm. Being a middle schooler, you're eighth grade this year? Yes. Being an eighth grader, I, I remember seventh and eighth grade vividly, not years. I'd, if people say, I'd like to go back. I'm like, no, 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 no. How hard is it for you to live out your faith on your school campus? You're on a public school campus, right? Yes. Okay. How hard is it for you to live out your faith each and every day? Um, well, like a lot of people in middle school cares what everyone else is going to think of them and what they're going to say about them. And that's peer- just not middle school, by the way, it goes all the way up all the way to when you're 85. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, just, it's just harder to Do people give you a hard time because you're a Christ follower. Not really. No, no. Do you no. hang out with other Christ followers? Or do you got some pre-Christian friends? Um, both, both. Yeah. That's cool. What is the hardest? I mean, so your workplace is is middle school, and it's a and it's absolutely a mission field because there's a lot of kids going to 
middle school that don't know Jesus, aren't there? Yes. So how often do you get a chance to actually engage them in a conversation about Christ or get them in a conversation coming to youth group and checking it out with you? Well, a lot of my friends, I bring, well, I bring some of them to church with me on Wednesdays. And we also have um, clubs in school for like to talk about Jesus to my friends and stuff. So like after school kind of clubs? Um, During school, actually. And before Cool. I mean, why don't you give a plug for some of those? What are those clubs called? Um, there's First Priority. Okay, big one in Tampa Bay, First Priority. Yeah, and then there's Unclub on the Thursday Unclub. morning. Oh, there's our good buddy Gary. Yeah. Okay, Gary Hunt with the Unclub, the greatest middle school ministry in Pinellas County. Gary, he's and he's the guy that wears Converse, and he's been doing youth ministry since, well, Methuselah, he, it was, he's like Methuselah's son. <laughs> yeah. Patty, I appreciate you sharing a little bit of your story, and we just uh, think it's awesome that you're in middle school living it out for Jesus. You're listening to I Work For Him with your host, Jim and Martha Brangenberg, talking, really, we're talking youth ministry, but we've gone so many different directions because Ron Hullett reached out to me and said, listen, I've been a youth minister for 34 years. That that's quite, a, that's quite a mission field. That's quite a workplace. So he brought along a couple of guys he's been mentoring who are now at Word of Life Word of Life Bible Institute in Hudson, Florida. You've gotten to hear from them. If you missed those segments, you've got to go back and listen. We just heard from Patty, a middle schooler, about her workplace, her mission field on a middle school campus. None of us want to trade spots with Patty. All right. So none of us do. I mean, none of us do. I don't. Do, Ron, you ever thought about, boy, I'd love to go back and be a middle schooler again? Uh, no. No, never. No, no, not a chance. No, no way. No. Ron Hullett is with us here. He is the senior youth pastor, senior high youth pastor at Liberty Baptist Church. Check it out, St. Pete, LibertyBaptistChurch.net, LibertyBaptistChurch.net. If you're looking for a place for your teens to grow in the Lord, sounds like a phenomenal place. And, you know, it's not like, Ron, your ministry is tough, but 34 years doing youth ministry. Yeah. There's a lot of demands on your time. Uh, there are. There are. Yeah, absolutely. So what have you done to make sure that you've lived with intentionality to keep your marriage sacred and more important than your ministry? Well, again, I've been very blessed to work in churches where uh, the lead pastors uh, are, are very strong on family. And they don't just preach it, but allow us to have time with our family that uh, he demands uh, Pastor Lowe at Liberty demands that we take time for family. Uh, not too long ago, demanded that we take another day off uh, regularly. Uh, when I first got here 14 years ago, we didn't do the day off thing, but we would, he said, if we wanted time to go do something. But uh, that grew old, he said. We wants us to have time together. And I stress to people that many times on Monday, uh, my day off, <laughs> that if they were to call me, they, they might get my cell phone voicemail because I'm going to spend time with her, especially in the evening. She's a teacher. Uh, but uh, I've emphasized, too, that I didn't marry an assistant youth pastor. Uh, right. She is a wonderful wife and a wonderful mother to both of our daughters and now grandmother. Uh, and, and she is uh, everything that I need, the wife. It's fantastic. So, Cindy, sometimes we've met many pastors' wives. and it's not That's a tough job. Yes. It's yes. a tough job. What's the hardest thing about what have you had to work out in your faith as you've had to work out? What does it mean to be a pastor's wife? 34 years he's been doing youth ministry. You've got your own full time ministry, being a third grade teacher. How, how, do you, how have you made sure that he's got your attention? Well, we, we take time together. You know, we, we go on trips together. We will take a weekend off. We have date nights. And we've done that since, you know, the very, very first time we got married. Well, the very first time we got married. Let's say that. <laughs> they were married 15 wise. times. Yeah. They've got to figure out the 15th time was the charm for sure. But every, I mean, even when our girls were babies, we took time away to be together. And 
uh, that's just encouraging. And when the girls were small, our family was first before the ministry. And if there was an activity I couldn't go to, he's like, it's more important for you to be with the girls. I'll go do the activity and, you know, our leaders will help, but you stay home with them. And that helps because I know a lot of people end up losing their family mm-hmm. because they spend so much time away from them in the ministry. And whatever that ministry may be. I mean, whether that's out in the business, whether it's in some organization, whether it's in a church, we love to work, don't we, Ron? We love to work. That's one of those yeah. problems that people have. People have problems. I can do something about it. Your book that you wrote, it's it's people have problems and one of them's working way too much. Right. Absolutely. How do you teach your how do you teach your students that work is not the end all the beat all? Well, it's an ongoing thing. I'd like for the uh, them to see it in me. I'd like to exemplify it for them as well as teach it from God's word exactly what He says. God rested. We need rest. Uh, that it, there are priorities. They, do you ever give them a chance to smack you upside the head by, with a two by four when they see you screwing up? Uh, you know they have the breaking point, guys. <laughs> lovingly. <laughs> lovingly. That's right. Lovingly with a karate chop to the carotid artery. That's right. Okay. All right. So you brought one of your youth sponsors with you today. Why don't you introduce him and I'll talk to him again here. This is Richard Ali, Sergeant Richard Ali. He's been with us ever since we've been here working with us in the youth ministry. And it's a great blessing. Richard, talk to us about, you shared how you came to be a, a Jesus follower Talk to us what led you to being involved as a volunteer in the youth ministry, because you've got a military career. You're a sergeant. Yes. You're you're with, describe which branch you're in. I'm in the Army, Army the, National Guard. Army National Guard, okay. But you said it was like another division that I hadn't really heard of before. Uh, AGR, it's an Active Guard Reserve. Active Guard Reserve, okay. And that's just because I didn't grow up military. But today is actually Veterans Day. That's what they celebrated. Yesterday was really Veterans Day, but they have to get the day off so that postal workers don't have to deliver and the government office can close and the banks can close. So thank you for your service. And thank you for, which is, at times, there's probably a, there's probably a challenge between which is harder, the uh, service overseas or working with uh, middle schoolers and high schoolers? Yes. I agree. <laughs> and, and that's not to, to demean at all what no, active no, no. duty service is, but, you know, there's some, there's some real battles going on with these teens' lives, isn't there? Absolutely. What, why? Why are you here? Why, why are you part of this? Um, I, again, like I referred back when I gave my testimony, I grew up in church, and uh, I just, after high school, I just had a, a heart for, for teenagers. And even when I was in the high school, um, I enjoyed being in the youth group and so forth in my church. Um, decided to go to college. Went to Baptist Bible College in Springfield, Missouri. Obviously, it's the same place where Ron and Cindy met. I met my wife there. And I got a degree in youth ministry. Uh, came back uh, after that and worked in my home church for a while as a youth director. And uh, then the uh, Lord changed our plans, and we moved down here and and uh, I became an active guard uh, soldier and uh, just continue to work in the youth ministries here at Liberty Baptist Church as well. Now, you are an assistant chaplain, you said, within the act. Okay, describe. go ahead. Correct okay. me. It's okay. I'm, I'm, I'm currently not an assistant uh, chaplain assistant. I've been a chaplain assistant in the past. Um, I've been several different uh, MOSs within the military. But one of my cha- uh, one of my MOS just got was a call a, from a caller. What does MOS mean? <laughs> it's military occupation skill. Okay, good because everybody else nobody knew. Okay. <laughs> one of my MOSs was a chaplain assistant, so I was able to. Um, I've been deployed a couple times, and I was able to use that 
as a ministry to minister to soldiers while we were overseas. Mm. And they have had some tough duty in the last 20 years. Well, all we, forever. It's always been tough. So which, what is your favorite part of working with teenagers? Watching the change in their lives. And uh, again, watching Darian and Noah um, and just watching them take ownership of loving God and loving others. And then watching Patty coming up right behind them. And, <laughs> and, and I've known them for a very long time. Whole life. Yeah, it, it's going to be, I, I can just see the light and the spark in Patty's eyes. Her her high school has no idea what's coming next. It's going to be some great stuff going on there. Ron, let's, let's talk about, you are trying to raise up these kids to be prepared for life. You're talking about, the, you're, you're equipping these kids not only to, to walk with the Lord, but to be prepared for life. What are some of the things you teach your students about how they can live out their faith and understanding that they've got a call in their lives and it, there's no secondary calling? I mean, how do you make sure they understand that in the kingdom, they're not going to ever be second tier? Well, it's every week uh, teaching no matter what I'm teaching. I'm going through the book of Luke now in Sunday school with the kids. We're more topical on Wednesday nights, uh, but it, it comes out every week. You know, one of the things that I've told them is that at, after being a youth pastor for 34 years and the things that God has taught me, I feel like I want to go back to those kids where I started in the Dallas area and apologize and in thinking through that, realizing what I just said was back then, I knew so little that I had to just completely depend on God. And now I think I've learned so much that, oh my, maybe it's these kids I should apologize to. Just teaching them to lean on God constantly. Well, if they saw you doing that, there's no, I mean, they're going to get that. They saw you living with the Lord, they're going to get that, whether you screwed up or not. Because there's kids that love the Lord, and they were in our youth groups, and they watched me, and they love the Lord still, so I know that people could see you screw up and still love Jesus, so it's good. You know, I just want to remind our our listeners that they can call in and get um, win a copy of the book that we're talking about today that was written by Ron Hellett. It's called People Have Problems, and I Can Do Something About It. So call our listener line at 866-713-9675, 866-713-WORK, and leave me a message. I'll leave you some details on there, and um, someone will be getting a copy of that book sent to them in the mail. You know, one thing I just wanted to ask really quick, I know we're going to finish, but what is it that kids would expect if they were to, were invited to come to your youth group? Just real quickly, what, what, I mean, you know, a lot of people don't even know what that looks like. They can expect uh, adults that will interact with them that will allow them to be themselves and and walk them through scripture not getting in their face and being demanding mm. we'll walk the journey with them so you allow sinners into your church absolutely so oh. okay i just want to make sure i mean that's i mean that's one of those things I think where everybody in this room's a sinner i'm not, I, therefore the oxymoron. Right. I mean, but but the point is so kids that are struggling you're okay with kids that are struggling to come into your your youth group oh we want them we want them. They're, they're not problems. They're opportunities. We, we want them. We want them. What an incredible show today as we've talked to Ron and Cindy Hullett. They've been in youth ministry for 34 years and in different ways as Cindy is a teacher at third grade. We've had Noah and Patty Schmidt, both students, both growing up in a household where they were taught to love the Lord, and Darian, who was led to Christ because of Noah's example. Thank you all. Thank you. Thank really you appreciate it. Thank you. You've been listening to I Work For Him with your host, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. We're Christ followers. Our workplace is our mission field, but ultimately, I, I work, work for, for him. him.